all of you beautiful people, and welcome to episode nine of the Creative Manifestation Podcast. I can't believe this is already episode nine. Um, when I started this project, I very much took the approach of just allowing myself to dive into it. I had no idea how it was going to go. Um, how many episodes I was going to have for the first season. I was intending to make at least eight episodes. Um, so it's so cool to see that I've already gone past that mark and I'm definitely feeling on a roll. I'm feeling so inspired, especially right at this moment as I am recording this introduction for you. I actually just finished doing the interview that I am going to be sharing in today's episode. So just feeling so lit up and inspired and heart wide open from that. I interviewed a really beautiful human being called Samantha Allen, who is a fellow creativity coach. Um, she actually refers to herself as a creative life and leadership coach. And I've never met Samantha in person. We know each other through Instagram. And it was just so cool to have a really connected and inspired conversation with someone that I've never met before. And to me, that's just such a wonderful sign that I am attracting like-minded people with this project, which was one of my hopes and one of my intentions. And it's just so beautiful. And I'm feeling so grateful. So just to share a little bit more about Sam before we dive into the interview. So Samantha Allen is a creative life and leadership coach, a poet, a creative workshop facilitator, a nature addict, a wannabe rapper, and a crazy cat lady. Sam, I am definitely a crazy cat lady as well, and a nature addict. Um, she is also the co-leader of the Untaming Femininity Tribe on Facebook, as well as the newly launched Untaming Femininity podcast, which she co-created with Migena Gerazi. So Sam does really beautiful work out in the world all around supporting people with tapping into their creativity and their creative expression, and also particularly with supporting women in their creative expression. And we're going to talk all about that during today's interview. And if you're interested in more of Sam's work, all of that information is down in the show notes. So you can check that out. And I'm just so looking forward to you guys listening to this interview. I definitely felt my heart just bursting wide open during this conversation. So many beautiful, um, nurturing things were shared. So may this conversation empower you and uplift you and open your hearts. All right. So you are actually the first person that I've had on the show, Sam, whom I haven't met in person. So this is, this is really cool for me. And it's funny because even though I've only met you virtually, I 
in, in the process of getting to know you over the past week, just by looking at your website and your social media and all your work, I feel like we have a lot in common. So it's, it's really special to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. And I feel exactly the same. And a fellow Aries girl as well. That's right. We discovered that today. That's so yeah. cool. So I always begin these conversations by just asking my guests to share in a nutshell, which I know can be quite tricky, um, how you got to where you are today and to just introduce yourself um, in whatever way resonates with you. Wow. Yeah, that's a big question. And I love big questions. (laughs) And you know what, that's kind of the answer, because I feel like how I got here today was probably through asking myself big questions. Um, I am a creative life and leadership coach living in Switzerland. Um, And I'd probably like to start by sharing my life purpose with you. Um, And that is that I am wild heart creator of freedom. And yeah, the, that wild heart of mine has been the thing that's led me down this path to where I am today and has taken me on such a journey. Um, and all I can say is that I'm so incredibly grateful for that journey. Um, and a lot of my process has been feeling my way through, you know, I feel like we're often using our heads to make decisions, which, you know, sometimes can be a really good thing. And yet the most powerful decisions that I've always made have been with my heart. And so so I'd like to say that the answer really to your first question is my heart has brought me here. That is really beautiful and really powerful. And I so agree with you. I feel like... um, I feel like especially with the kind of schooling that many of us have, we're very much taught to use our minds, um, not so much our bodies and and even less our hearts. So I think that's so powerful that you you really lead your life with your heart. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely somebody who feels emotions on steroids, you know. And what I feel like is when I give these emotions space, and I actually, you know, acknowledge them and listen to them, they always guide me to the place that I'm meant to be, even if that's a messy journey or a a journey that is unexpected. um, I always feel like that's the next place I'm going when and it's the next place I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I actually want to go back to what you said right at the beginning, because I just felt like it was so powerful. So you said, um, wild heart creator of freedom. Did I did I yeah. get that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Can you can you talk a little <laughs> bit more about that because I love that no one has ever introduced themselves in that way, and I'm just curious <laughs> well, where you got those words from. And tell me yeah. more. <laughs> I mean, it is a bit out there. I know, and no, yeah, it's cool. I, I totally own it. Um, so when I was doing my coaching training, a big part of that journey was, of course, you know developing on a personal level and so whilst I was getting all these skills to you know becoming a life coach coactively which was the model that I trained with um, a key feature of the process was really digging in to what my true life purpose was and over the years of course this has evolved um, as I have evolved so has that and um, yeah it's the newest incarnation and it's the one that feels the most resonant for me 
Um, because what I know is that when I do speak from this wild heart of mine, um, freedom is created not only for myself, but also for people that experience me and for them in their, their worlds and their lives. Uh, and that's what I'm, I most want for myself and for others. Mm, that's really beautiful. And I can imagine that also plays a big part um, in your coaching work with clients. Absolutely. I feel like when we fully explore our emotional experience um, in all of its nuances, either on an emotional level or on an imaginative level, because both places can take us there, we give ourselves such permission to access ourselves on a different level. And in accessing ourselves on that different level, we get to evolve. Um, And it's all about that permission piece. Yeah, so true. And, you know, I think a lot of people actually really struggle with that process. And just by, you know, hearing you speak and kind of observing you over the past week, I feel like this is something that comes quite easily to you. And I'm just curious to hear from you, first of all, if it's always been that way. And second of all, um, what kind of advice or guidance would you give people um, to tap more into that part of themselves? Yeah, great question. Thank you, Leah. Um, I, yeah, where to start with that one? (laughs) It's okay, we have time. (laughs) Yeah, right. I was fortunate enough to have an extremely emotionally literate father who Mm. was really the model for me of how to um, name, experience, process and show my feelings. Um, And I really think it's thanks to him and his, you know, the role model that he was in my life and continues to be that has allowed me this access with myself in this way. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I think he really was, um, the guide in my life that demonstrated to me how to be like that. And so, yes, it does feel like it, it comes naturally. Um, and I think it was because I had such a good role model. Um, and, and yet, you know, there have been times like when I lost my father, when, um, emotions were running so high, they were really incredibly difficult to be with, um, and, Honestly, at that time in my life, I just really wasn't sure, you know, what I was supposed to do with them because they were so overwhelming. Um, And I remember actually walking to work. Um, I was working in a school at the time and it was just after my dad's funeral and like thinking, gosh, how, how do I like do this 20 minute journey and transition from all of this emotion into functioning, you know, on a very pragmatic level at work? And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I just had a kind of like download or something from the universe telling me, write it down. And so what I found was that there were these poems that were just kind of forming themselves through um, me having heard that message. And I, I suddenly had this outlet for um, the even increased heightened emotionality that I was experiencing through this immediacy of grief. Um, And it was, yeah, it was just really wanting to pour out from me in words and emotions through the words. And so, um, yeah, I I found an outlet at a time when I so needed it. Um, And what a gift that was. Um, And 
on that very day when I discovered that, you know, that's what I could do to get my feelings out and to get them voiced and to give big, scary, dramatic feelings, actually, um, some shape. Um, I decided to myself, you know, I, I need to do this every day. This is part of who I am now. And so from that day, yeah, I just decided, right, I'm going to write every single day. And so I've been doing that ever since. I've been writing at least one poem every day since that date. Um, and wow. Yeah. And like, so, you know, to answer the second part of your question, um, I think it's really, really vital for us that we find outlets in our lives for our emotions. Um, and this is not about letting emotions run us at all, because um, we are more than just that. And I feel like, you know, emotions, as we know, are energy in motion and they want to go somewhere. So my advice really, you know, for people wanting to access and process and be with their feelings more is to find an outlet that suits you on a personal level. Um, as a creative life coach, you know, I am often kind of guiding my clients towards writing stuff and painting stuff and creating vision boards and sculpting and all sorts of, of uh, you know, creative mediums. But it doesn't have to be creative. You know, some people just need to find a sport that really helps them move their emotion. Um, and, you know, sometimes people just need to actually give themselves space in their lives where they sit with their feelings and get to know them because perhaps that's a new relationship. So it's very individual thing. And yet so important to, um, to find that relationship in order to, to grow and evolve as a person. I so agree with you. And it's interesting too, because I've, I've found in my life, it's definitely been a balance between finding ways to express my emotions through creative outlets like you just shared. Yeah. And then also the the just sitting with the emotions. That's actually something new that I've been playing around with as well, but I've that I found has been so important because I feel like, especially with all the distractions that we have nowadays, it's so easy to avoid that. Um and I think, yeah, and I think it's such an important part of of our our process and our growth as human beings to just be able to be with whatever emotions come up so I love that you said that yeah it is it's tricky right it's it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) they come knocking and you're like well how can I just be with this it's like and yet sometimes that stillness settles them um and that in itself is a gift yes Absolutely. And and it can be such a subtle process. Like I think sometimes we think of emotional work and even creative work as this like explosive thing, but it can just it can be so subtle in ways that you might not even notice an emotion moving through, but something big may have just happened underneath the surface. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, the other fear that we can have around emotion is that um it won't go ever. Yes. And funnily enough. For me, at the point where I've most confronted it and like looked at it head on and said, right, here you are, you know, (laughs) looked it in the eye, then it's in those moments that, you know, that emotion does tend to change quite quickly afterwards. So what we fear is actually the fear of it can make it more present and more lasting than the acceptance of it and the confrontation of it somehow. 
That is so, yeah, I was just about to say pretty much the exact same thing. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> that so. is so true. Um, yeah, so you you just started speaking about your um, creative life and leadership coaching work. Yes. Um, and I just love to hear a little bit more about what your coaching work looks like and what kind of clients you work with and and I guess what kind of challenges they they come with when they come to you sure yeah, yeah. so a lot of my clients are women um mm. that are really looking to get back in touch with what makes them feel alive what brings them in contact with their passion um and they're looking for more self-expression and to really have their voice heard and feel seen and feel like yeah like they are able to fully express in the world um so it tends to be women in their mid-30s to early 50s that come to me for coaching um and the way I work is actually a lot through visualization and I'm also taking a number of my local clients out by the river So I do in-nature coaching sessions, which I absolutely love because I get to walk, I get to coach, I get to be in nature, and they are like three of my biggest passions in life. So um, yeah, like I, I love my online work too, because it allows, you know, me to connect in with people from all around the world and I can, you know, have clients in all different countries. So the diversity is just amazing. Um, and I really do also love being outside in nature and the kind of balance really of both parts of my work. So, yeah, lo lots of different um, kind of strings to my bow with that one, really. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I read about the nature part to your work, and I think that's such an amazing idea. Um, I've definitely, especially in the past few months during, you know, the lockdown and, yeah. and all of this Corona stuff, I've spent so much more time out in nature and I really feel like that it's been un unlocking creative parts to me that I wasn't accessing before so I think I think it's so cool that you weave that piece into your work yeah really nature wow like yeah <laughs> and, you know it is such a therapeutic place to be outside and just this morning actually um I start most of my days by going out either for a run or for a walk and I write my poetry often in the mornings um and I've been getting into this bad habit in recent weeks of getting up nice and early and then doing a lot of posting and computer work before I get out for my you know walk or um jog And this morning I thought it's hot. I need, I will feel so much better if I just get outside, you know, first thing at half past six in the morning and walk then. Um, because I, what I know about myself is that when I'm outside in nature, you know, right at the start of the day, I almost feel kind of cleansed by being out there in that first light of the morning and, you know, just seeing the morning awaken and hearing the sounds of nature being practically on my own out there. Um, so that's what I did. Yeah, I, I went out this morning and um, I just was breathing in the day awakening. Um, and it's like being supercharged, you know. It really is. Lately, I've also started um, whenever I can hiking or walking with bare feet. And 
I feel like that's been adding an additional layer of being supercharged. I love it. Totally. That contact with the ground, you know, the earth. Yeah. 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 So, so when you have these sessions outside with your clients, um, kind of what do they look like? I'm just trying to to picture what, you know, how they work. So if you could share a little bit. I would love to. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so we've got a little system going on. So, um, I meet my clients down at the station here in Dornach. And as luck would have it, we have this lovely river nearby, the River Beers. Um, And so it's perfect because we do like a half an hour walk along one side of the river, cross a little bridge and then come back the other way. So in terms of the route, you know, it it just works out great. Um, But as for the actual coaching part, um, what is a little bit different and special about in nature coaching is that you know, it's such a resource for my clients to be able to look out and see what the landscape is reflecting back to them about their inner world. Mm. Um, And what I can say is that every single time I've had an in nature coaching session, there has always been at least one moment in the session where I asked the client something about, you know, what's the river (laughs) saying to you now or whatever. And something, some insight will get, will come back. They will have a little light bulb moment or, um, you know, just go a bit deeper into themselves and understand something about, you know, how they tick through having access themselves through nature. And um, I'm not entirely sure how that happens, but all I do know is I fully trust that process. Um, And I, I feel like there is an opening that happens in the soul when we're outside in the fresh air and looking out, you know, almost like looking out helps us look in. And there's a sort of like alchemy that takes place in that process. I I can totally see how that would happen. I mean, I experienced that by myself when I go hiking or something and I could see how in a coaching session um, that process is 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 kind of amplified. Totally. There are times when I like in when I initially started doing this when I thought, oh, how's the client going to feel if something big comes up emotionally and there are other people around, you know, walking past, even though it doesn't get very busy there by the river. But funnily enough, the clients don't seem at all concerned about that. And when I when there is a moment where there's a strong emotion of some description, um, you know, there are benches alongside the river, we can just go and sit by and it still somehow feels very private. So I feel quite fortunate that, you know, it is a a nice, quiet area um, and we don't have so many people passing by. And um, actually, I've learned from really from taking the cues from my clients that um, I can trust that, you know, they will be with what they need to be with, even outside there in nature. Um, And it almost feels like there's a different type of safety created by being in the arms of nature um, that happens in a natural um, and yeah, lovely automatic way. Mm, that's really beautiful, and I I feel like that also ties in with um, you shared with me that you're clear audience and also yeah. highly intuitive. Mm. Um, so for the listeners who don't really know what that means, yeah. can you share a little bit about that side of yourself? <laughs> Yeah, I'll start with the highly mm-hmm. sensitive part, I think, because okay. maybe more people yeah. know about that. 
Um, so, yeah, I have always been an extremely sensitive person. I feel stuff like through my skin, I almost sense. Um, and, yeah, so I read some stuff upon the, you know, highly sensitive people. Um, I think it was Elaine, I can't remember, Aaron, was it Elaine Aaron that had written those books? Anyway, I, I read her stuff a few years ago. And I thought, that's me, highly sensitive. I, you know, I'm very sensitive to noise. I'm very sensitive to crowds, um, very emotional. I am highly intuitive. I kind of know things without really knowing why I know them sometimes. Um, and, of course, all of that stuff is really um, of service in coaching because I'm so attuned to what I pick up on from other that I'm able to kind of blurt that out and, you know, bring it into my coaching so that the client can actually, you know, have that mirrored back to them. So it's a huge strength. And I, yeah, something which um, in all honesty, um, during some times of my working life, I found it difficult to be with in a, in a very kind of pragmatic functioning world to be highly sensitive was, was at times challenging because I felt like I had to kind of keep that under wraps because I don't know, I felt like it didn't quite fit into some of the workplaces, which I found myself in. Um, and so actually it's been quite liberating to, you know, now over the last few years be working in a role where all of who I am gets to be in full service. Um, and actually the, the other thing that I want to say on the highly sensitive thing is that um, I am, not only highly sensitive, but there's a small proportion of people who consider themselves to be HSP, that highly sensitive person, that are also um, known as, uh, I think it's HSS, high sensation seeking. Um, So the duality of my um, being is that I'm not only like really sensitive and like feel stuff, I am also like very um, seeking thrills and excitement and adventures. So like sometimes <laughs> I feel like there's this like kind of clash between those two sides of myself because there's the one side wanting the calm and the nature and the, <laughs> the peace. And then there's the other side that just wants the adventure and the, you know, adrenaline and uh, not through extreme sports, but through through various different adventurous, you know, pursuits of mine. So um part of my own inner work has been befriending these two sides within myself and knowing that they both exist, they're both valid, uh, and they both form who I am. They make me an expressive, creative, dynamic person. Um, Mm. And yeah, and actually listening to both parts. um, And sometimes one wants to come forth more strongly and the other time I have to, you know, give the other more space but kind of being in relationship with those, both of those strong parts of me. Um, so yeah, that's the the sensitive piece. And then just in recent months, really in the last maybe seven to eight months, um, I have begun kind of really owning the fact that I'm also clairaudient, um, which for those people who don't know, um, means that I, I hear stuff from spirit and um, it just kind of comes through me comes out in very simple phrases and words, um, but I hear it and I know it's a kind of download. Um, and I know that it's something that 
I'm meant to use somehow either in my life or with my client or, you know, there's something in it that gets transmitted to me that has a meaning that I know I need to carry forward in life. Um, so yeah, like, um, it's a big thing to, to actually own. It sounds like right now you're still kind of in the process of, of getting to know this side of yourself. Yeah, I think like, I kind of know, like from the inside, it's something that I've had happen for a long time. Uh-huh. So it's not a new experience, but what is new is how is that now I understand it to be that, um, to be yeah. their audience. And so it's more like, um, yeah, the journey is to, um, is what I do with that knowingness, you know, um, and how, like, it, I feel like even as I speak to it right now, Leah, that it wants even more from me somehow. And I'm not quite sure. Like, it's funny because I, as I'm sat on my chair here speaking to you and I'm, I'm, I'm aware that the body is moving forward as I say this. Um, and it's almost like I feel like there's a slight push to like, yeah, like do something with that woman, you know. So, um, I don't know quite what the next thing is with it, but I'm uh-huh. curious and open to what that might be. Wow. And and do you feel like that part of yourself already is finding a voice in your poetry and in your work with clients? To- yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, in my work with clients, it is, it's like, um, you know what it is? It's something that I can just trust. Like, yeah. um, I'm not, I remember when I first trained as a coach and, you know, you get all these kind of tools and ideas for powerful questions and stuff like that. And, and of course that's all fantastic training and stuff that I'm using on a, on a daily basis. And this Claire audience thing is what gives me something that whatever happens in the session with a client, I trust it's going to bring something new that I can offer. Um, And obviously it's up to the client, whether that's something that's going to, they want to take with them or, they want to change a little bit and, you know, um, and uh, process their own way. But what I do know is that it's something, it's a sensing in me that, um, that enables um, great deepening in other. Um, and so I feel very, very grateful for this because it adds that level to my work that, um, that feels really deeply important to me. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, you know, as I hear you speaking about it, it sounds almost like a superpower. Yeah, I I feel like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like, yes, why not? <laughs> yes. well, yeah, why the hell could it not be a superpower? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I see it as like, I see it as a, a facility that I have of myself, mm-hmm. like an opening. I feel like I often describe myself as a channel and I feel like words want to get channeled through me, whether that be through my poetry, through my coaching work where this kind of clear audience stuff comes and then I just bring it through me. Um, But I I definitely have this actually physical sense again of um, being an open channel for certain stuff that wants to come through. Um, So yes to superpower. Why not? Love that. (laughs) 
And I feel like, you know, there's so much there that's bigger than us. And uh, we all have have this kind of capacity to open ourselves up to what wants to come through. And um, what my feeling is, as I speak to this, is that um, for some people it's going to come through in a different way. For me, it's a lot to do with hearing and words. Um, For another person, it, it could be something completely different. Uh, but that that perhaps is the bit that's the superpower is that through me, it comes through in that way. Right. So it's it's like your unique superpower. And and I also think that by you really, you know, um, owning up to it and allowing yourself to express this side of yourself, that, that also sets such a powerful example for others. Um, because I think we all have these little superpowers, but many of us are are afraid to to express them um, or don't know how. So yeah. um, I feel like you're just giving your clients such a gift. Yeah, I, I, I agree that like, you know, we have to stand in our power. Um, mm-hmm. And why? Um, not only for ourselves, but for everybody around us. Um, yeah. And we are given gifts, so many gifts. And sometimes we have to look for them. And we have to try a gazillion different things um, to know what they are, but they're there. Um, and when we do find them, and I have found, you know, several of mine in my life, and I feel really fortunate for that. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a responsibility that we have to to delve deep into those um, and to to explore them so that others might also find theirs. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like just reading about your coaching work, that seems to be a, a big piece of what you do with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also um, working increasingly like with the body. Um, I've been attending as a participant quite a number of somatic trainings in recent uh, years. And mm. what what I'm discovering through my own coaching work is um, that the more we explore through body, senses, imagination, emotion, the more things come alive for us and we're coming from our whole selves. Um, And, yeah, I feel like the more I'm in contact with my own body, actually, the more I encourage that in my client and, the again, the more rounded a coaching experience they're going to have. For me, coaching is, is nothing to do with, like, asking a load of questions, have, coming in with a problem, finding a solution. <laughs> like, it's funny how the, there are so many misconceptions about, you know, yeah. coaching it. <laughs> and like, I, if I was, I don't know, like there's one, um, my German teacher that I've been working with recently, um, he, he used the expression soul travel guide when I said I was a coach. I thought, I oh, wow. <laughs> I thought I might like remarket my whole self and call myself a soul travel guide. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but you know, I think what, why that's coming right now is that like, it's not just about putting heads together and and solving problems. Right. I mean, people can solve their own problems (laughs) and uh, they can use their heads perfectly well. Um, And I feel like, you know, the biggest part of my role, my passion and why I do this work is because I absolutely love guiding people out of the thoughts, out of the loops, out of the stories, into their hearts, into their bodies, into their somatic experience, 
into their energetic experience and into like their whole selves. Um, and like, even as I speak to that, I like, I'm smiling because mm. that's what brings me alive, you know, to see, to see that in others. Um, yeah. Wow. I love that. And I'm smiling too, because I've, I love that you just, that you were just talking about the somatic work because I've actually been diving deeply into that as well over the past few months. Yeah. And, um, it is really powerful. And I agree with you. I think the focus on the body is so important, especially when, um, where creativity is concerned as well, because, I've, I've just really come to find that only a small portion of creativity lives in the head, much more lives in the body. And um, I think especially for women as well, um, it's so important that we get back in touch with our bodies. And I know that um, you've also been doing um, a lot of work around this with your um untaming femininity facebook tribe yes oh i'm so excited (laughs) and your untaming femininity podcast which you just launched so i'd i'd love to hear more about that as well yeah oh and i'd love to talk about it you might not be able to stop me though so (laughs) it's okay we still have time (laughs) so um yeah i i went through a deeply transformative inner leadership program Um, with a group of 23 wonderful people who are like my second family. And anyway, long story short, one of my fellow tribe members, uh, Migena, Migena Girati, and I, we have clubbed together because we have this similar passion around guiding women towards being their fully expressed, free, empowered, and uniquely feminine selves. Um, for me and for Migena, like that was just so important to us. And so we had a little bit of a, a mission really around like creating a community of women that also wanted that for themselves. And so, yeah, that's that was really where the idea of the Untaming Femininity tribe came from. And so we have created this, this platform, this tribe on Facebook. Um, do feel free to have a look and, and you know, join if you are a woman who... Um, would enjoy you know being part of that type of community um and it's just growing so quickly um we had the idea maybe a month ago or so perhaps a bit longer wow and within the space of like i don't know two three weeks we now have nearly 400 women in our tribe oh wow Um, and it just was like such a sign for us that you know there are so many women out there that still want to have more um, unique expression of their voice that want to be able to be what color they want to be on any given day that don't want to be put into a box that don't want to act in a way that they think is female according to society's expectations um, that want to just have the freedom of full permission everything gets included um, and the whole damn lot's okay you know um, yeah. and yeah as you can tell like I'm, I'm exceptionally passionate about that um, and so, yeah, the the birthing of the, the Facebook group happened um, and our tribe is up and running. And um, we've also just recently created a podcast on the theme of untaming femininity, as you've just mentioned. Um, and we just put out our first episode last week and we're just actually going to be recording our second show this evening. And yeah, just we're both feeling like 
so, so excited about the buzz around the theme, um, about bringing these women together, about sharing our strengths, um, the things that we struggle with, our depth, our lightness, our vulnerability, our playfulness, our humor, our sexiness, you know, all <laughs> of the things that make us women. Um, and what's so lovely is that we have such a diverse bunch of women in this tribe already. And, you know, that's exactly what we dreamed of, um, having that range. Uh, because I feel like when, when we are in a place of range, then we have so much more that we can access. Um, and of course, it's not just the self-expression piece that's important here, um, but it's also the support and the uplifting and the solidarity that women who love women for who they are, um, you know, can offer each other. So it's a very safe and sacred space. Even though we're growing in numbers, um, it is, you know, it's still a kind of like haven for um bringing everything and knowing that it's going to be held with love, with respect, um, in a non-judgmental and open and liberating manner. Mm, beautiful. And, you know, I, I'm just curious if, if, there, if there are any women listening to this right now and, and if they might feel intrigued to join the group. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if they're feeling a little unsure about how they can express themselves mm -hmm. in a way that, that feels safe and more like them, but, but aren't sure how to concretely do that, what kind of advice would you give them? Hmm. Yeah, I like that question. And it is, it can be um, an adaptation period because there's so much mm -hmm. conditioning that does right. go on and that, you know, we all experience as women. Um, and I know I certainly still do. And, you know, I respond to that conditioning at times, find myself doing it and, you know, then, then kind of catch it and try and respond differently to that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would just say start it, a lot of it for me starts with voice. Start mm -hmm. getting familiar with that voice inside not the voice of who you're supposed to be as a mother, as a, you know, worker, wherever you're working, as a, um, as a sister, as a friend, but that voice inside of you and allow yourself to really listen to that voice, hear what it wants to say. Um, journaling is so powerful. Um, it's not about necessarily getting super creative here with the journaling, although that can always be amazingly um, therapeutic. But as a starting point, just writing down feelings and things that are cropping up in your inner world and giving yourself the space to do that on a daily basis um, can actually be the trigger, really, of you actually being able to see yourself and know what you actually want and who you are. Because until you know what you want and who you are, you can bet your bottom dollar that nobody else is going to know that or respect it. So, um, yeah, the first thing that comes there for me is around touching base with your inner world and giving yourself permission to spend time in your inner world so that you might know what your voice is, how it sounds, what it wants and what it wants to say. Um, and with tenderness, you know, with self-compassion, because it can be that we've, we've lost a bit of contact with that voice 
And so it might be that, you know, we have to go carefully with that and, and not force it and not push it, but just let it, let it come through as it wants to. Um, and yeah, what I've, what I found in that process is that um, when you begin listening to it, then you can't help but respond in some way to that. And from that point comes the avenue to greater self-expression. And even as I did that, like my hands are talking again, like my hands were kind of like extending outwards. And it's Mm -hmm. like in hearing that voice, you get to extend your inner world outwards. It gets more room. It gets to go somewhere. I love that you just said that because I think sometimes when people think of expression, they immediately think it has to begin with the outward part, which can be incredibly scary and intimidating for a lot of people. So I love that you just said that the process can actually begin within in a very um, quiet and intimate way just with yourself and that that's actually the first step. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it is that, Leah, like just knowing being with yourself. Um, Otherwise, the self-expression is kind of, you know, theatric somehow. Yeah. Um, Like there's nothing wrong with a bit of that in life, you know, fake it till you make it. And, and, you know, what we're talking about here, I, I feel is more like around the, how do, how do I get my authentic voice expressed? Um, and, and, for that authenticity piece to really um, come through and for you to be in contact with it, you you have to spend time with yourself, which can be, you know, it can be a scary concept if you haven't spent that much time with yourself over recent years. So that's why you have to go gently, I think, and, and uh, be patient with yourself. Um, And even like, there's a lot of stuff out on self-compassion and, you know, um, just that simple act of spending a minute with yourself, putting your hand on your heart, closing your eyes, just taking a couple of deep breaths into who you are and just literally giving yourself that time and seeing what comes, noticing how you feel and what's going on in your body and just what you're noticing, you know, Um, that in itself can be a powerful gift to your inner world of acknowledgement and can open stuff up for you. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's I I love how something like that can be can be so subtle, but so powerful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, self expression has so many forms. And sometimes it's like, it is the star jump in the air, you know, you feel elated, and you want to let, like this energy just wants to get out. And like, yeah, sometimes it's loud and big and dramatic. And sometimes it's quiet and soft and gentle and intimate, you know, like, um, yeah, like, I think what I also want to want to underline here is that is that thing around self expression is not one thing. And it does not look one certain way. And you know, for one woman on one day, it's going to be this way. And <laughs> on another day, it might have a completely different form. And um, yeah. yeah, like so much comes into play there. <laughs> I've just, well, I'm just completing a really amazing um, embodiment course on the elements um, with mm. a lovely lady called Jessica Baskin, who um, runs River Moon Yoga. And um 
Yeah, so we we spent one week looking at each of the elements. And so last week was fire. And um, as a fellow Aries, I'm sure you can yes. like I was like, yes, it's fire. And we were just a small group doing this embodiment. And like right at the beginning, when, when we were going to, you know, looking at these elements, all the ladies in the group said, right, Sam, you're fire. <laughs> and every, each one of us kind of represented one of these elements so perfectly as, you know, as the universe would have it. And anyway, so so why I'm speaking to this is that um, last week, like, oh my gosh, I could feel like we, I did this practice with this fire um, embodiment movement with lovely playlist that Jessica created. And I felt so connected to this fire in my body that I felt very, um, very physical, very energetic, very dynamic. And like, yeah, like. I just felt a bit wild actually. Um, and it was really wanting to, my expression was coming through that way. I wanted to speak to stuff that was wild and free and fiery in me. And then, um, and like yesterday I felt so different, you know, yesterday, I mean, fire had ended and I was like, Oh, you know what? I just feel like really like I just need to be quite quiet today and, you know, um, not feeling that outwardly expressive. I need to, just take a bit of time. I went and sat by the river at one point and, and um, I did a bit of writing there and I had a, a chat with a good friend of mine um, and it wasn't fiery at all. I was not in that place. It was more, if you want to say an element, it was probably more water. So um, we are so many things um, and it's not for anyone else to tell us who we are because who we are is in flux. It's in transition. It's a dance and for me, self-expression is a dance that has so many different, you know, melodies and rhythms and um, movements. And so, yeah, like find what movement or what rhythm is, is in you right now and allow that to be. And when you come from there, that's where your authenticity is going to show up the most. Yeah. And, and it, it really is a constant checking in process and, you know, it can be so tempting to get caught up in, in, you know, that that wonderful expression of fire felt so good in your body. So I think there can be a temptation there to want to recreate that. Yeah. Um, but we really are, we really are so in flux. And, um, you know, what we experience one day could be completely different the next day. So it's really about constantly checking in and honoring what is present yeah and also yeah I love what you say there honoring what's present Mm -hmm. definitely and like sometimes I feel or I've experienced actually um, in my life where I feel like maybe a friend has a certain expectation of how my energy is like Mm -hmm. uh, and so then when I go to meet that friend as a sensitive empathic person I want to bring the energy that she expects of me and then I find mm-hmm. myself, like these days, I find myself thinking, oh, how am I today? How do I want to show up here? Not like, how does that person expect me to be? Of course, like when you're meeting with somebody, it's like combined efforts to, you know, create a nice atmosphere between you. But like, um, I think what I'm saying is we we don't have to just be who others expect us to be. Um, we can allow ourselves to be a little different and that's okay too. And actually that might be quite a gift for the friend that we're expecting thinks we should be a certain way, you know, like, um, yeah. 
let's let's allow ourselves that um, fluidity. I mean, it's totally a gift because they're probably also thinking that they have to be a certain way. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think the more you can honor where you're at, you're also you're encouraging others and you're you're creating a safe space for others to do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we are nearing the end of our conversation. Um, I know it's gone by so fast and I'm definitely going to leave all the information for your podcast and your tribe and your website down in the show notes for the listeners. It's just been so lovely being on your show and you're such a natural interviewer, really. Um, Your listeners are so lucky to have such a lovely, lovely energy uh, guiding them through this creative manifestation process. Thank you very much. Um, and but I couldn't let you go without doing the quick. I fire. know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm actually really excited about this bit. I like the spontaneity of it. This is one of my favorite bits too. So I'm going to dive right in. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite creativity-inspiring snack? <laughs> Gin and tonic. Really. It's not really a snack, is it? It's a drink, but I think I'm going to go with gin and tonic because it's the first thing that came up. I love, I love how honest people are always with this question. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? First thing in the morning, ideas adorning. Mm, oh, thank you for including a mini poem. It had to be done. Yeah, I re- actually I realized I wish I would have asked you to bring a poem I to the podcast. I have plenty poems accessible if you should wish for me to read one at the end, if that is something that would would uh, be a good thing. Actually, could we end the podcast with you reading a poem? Yes, you get to choose a theme at the end and I will read a poem okay. on that theme because I'm sure I've got one. I love it. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, poems or novels? Poems. that was a (laughs) no-brainer chocolate or coffee oh Mm. decaf coffee Mm. gin and tonic or decaf coffee gin and tonic (laughs) (laughs) what kind of music stirs your creativity lindsey sterling oh i like her I like her music. Yeah, I love it. I just like when I go out and I go jogging when it's like barely even like the day is barely even risen and I listen to that, I get crazy creative. It just like really like stirs me. Yeah, I get that. Uh, there's one song that I love by her. Um, oh, man, I, I I like have the song in my head, but I don't know what it's called. But I can I, I totally see how it stirs your creativity. Yeah, you have to send it to me afterwards. Um, all right. And finally, what does creativity mean to you? Oh. Creativity. I'm pausing because like that question just goes, whoo, like in, in my body. Creativity mm. means the belief that something new can always come. Mm. My like... It's interesting, my abdomen area just like opened when you said that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. It's like oh a birthing God. thing, right? It's like, yeah, wow. like it's, it's actually when I go on another thought after that, what also comes is like creativity mm. is hope for me. 
you know like what because when I think about I know this is quick fire but when I think of things anything that's happened to me Mm -hmm. I always create from it and that's what gives me hope you know like it, it it's like it can be turned into something you know I've really been feeling that lately too. And it's actually been something because I've been experiencing a lot of fear this year. Yeah. And one of my antidotes to that has actually been um, just my, my, my belief in my creativity. And like you just said, knowing that whatever happens, I can create from it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, a, it's, again, it's something you can just keep trusting into. And I feel like everybody can do that too. Like I've, one thing that makes me feel sad is when people say they aren't creative. Um, like my partner is often saying, oh, I'm not creative. And yet there he is, like he's an amazing cook. He just looks at mm. the fridge and he sees this onion, this pepper, this, and like within about 20 minutes, some amazing dishes come about that I would never be able to create, you know? Um, and everybody's creative. Um, and yeah, like I want so much for people to be able to honor and express and and claim their creativity um because of the hope that it brings because of this you know the the guaranteed newness that um that comes when you fully have faith in that yeah well i I really love that you're doing that work in the world because i think it's so needed yeah i think we're on the same page hey yeah (laughs) can can we finish with one of your poems? Yeah, so if you give me a theme, I will search in my um, little encyclopedia, aka my iPhone, and okay. try and find a random poem that, you know, I think the universe can decide for us, just if you give me the theme. It'll be, it'll be random, but it'll be the right one. Yeah, right. Okay, so the first word that came to me when you said I get to pick a theme yeah. is love. Okay. So I have got quite a lot of those. I am going to read to you a poem that I wrote on uh, New Year's Eve and it's called Unveiling Love. Mm. Love's not always soft pink fluff, not always hearts and flowers. It's sometimes saying what is tough and staying through long hours. Love's not always Disney style or happily ever afters. It makes us cry. It makes us smile. Eternal quest, love's path is. Love's not always man and wife, not always picture perfect. And yet it's love which gives us life and makes the whole thing worth it. It's up and down it's joy and frowns it's friendship trust and passion it can uplift us and astound it can't be bought or rationed too much of it is not enough it is our very power love is more than soft pink fluff may with it you be showered (laughs) 